Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and in the studio with me today is Yi Hongsung, who is proprietor of Ounce Taipei, which is a classic cocktail speakeasy bar here in Taipei. And、uh, he's been here in Taiwan for five years. Originally from New Jersey, born and raised there, and、uh, his parents were born and raised in Taipei, and so that's why he's here, right? Yes. Hi, E. Hello. Yeah, good to have you.、Uh, thanks, Charlie. Well, first of all, you're doing something that's not related to what you studied, which was statistics right, in right. college. But、uh, we'll get to that later. So let's start with the story that you want to tell that has made an impact on you. You want to start with that? Sure, sure.、Um, I think one of the biggest things that、uh, impacted me growing up was that as a family, we spent one year in、uh, Japan for for my father's、uh, work exchange program. You know, Japan, everything being very clean, everything being very safe, and I went to pre kindergarten over there. But even then, I have memories of walking to school. You know, being that young, being you know three years old, four years old, and being allowed to walk to the the local school. So not only that, you know, you would know everyone within the neighborhood, and this was still, you know, still Tokyo, even though it was a small suburb. But that kind of thing, it just、uh, always brings back memories of just how friendly and how safe everything is in, in, I guess, not just Japan, but a lot of places in Asia in general、uh, are very safe.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, tons of memories. Just, just being able to do that, even as as a young kid, whereas pose it against nowadays, where. Kids aren't allowed to play outside. Not really sure how it is in Taiwan, but just hear about all these news in、uh, in America where everything's a little bit more, you know, exploitive. I think it's just a rampant fear type of thing. To to bring it back, it was just a lot of good memories. Big impression that、uh, Japan culture mentality, and you know, walking to school with my brother, you know, hand in hand, even getting lost、uh, wasn't wasn't too big of a deal, you know. People would know who we are, whether it's because we were the Chinese people of the neighborhood, <laughs> or it's because you know maybe we were just getting lost a little too often. <laughs> so I guess that、uh, you still have some really good memories from Japan, then from Tokyo. Oh, totally, totally. I mean,、yeah. I, I try to go back when I can. I would say, you know, if my island food, if I could only choose one cuisine, would be Japanese food. Oh, same here. Yeah. Yeah, it's my favorite cuisine, and it's a healthy and delicious cuisine. I think. Yeah. Great. So living in Japan actually maybe taught you independence at an early age. You think a little bit, and I think probably affected me more in the terms of mannerisms. I totally agree. But anyway,、um, why statistics? <laughs> why st- statistics was always like a, a good fallback. I didn't know what I wanted to study in school, so、um, don't tell me that was your dad's idea then. Well, a, a little bit, yes, yes and no. But I mean, I always think. You don't know, worry. Same here. You always defer to your parents sometimes when you're growing up before you get hit the rebellious phase. But.、Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's just something solid and a good fundamental thing to fall back on, just in case. Were you really rebellious when you were younger? I think I would more towards hitting high school, where there'd be phases, you know, where don't really listen to parents. But I mean, if you ask my parents, they would say I still don't really listen to them now. <laughs> I mean, after all, you're here in Taiwan, and your mom's traveling around the world, and your dad's in Beijing, and right?、So. Right, right. I mean, one one of the big things was saying that, like, you know, we work so hard, we want to, you know, we go to America, you know, create something, and then 
first chance you get, you come right back to to Taiwan, <laughs> to your roots, yeah, sort of. Yeah. Okay. Well, which of you was more rebellious, your brother or you? I would definitely say myself. Ah. Uh, my younger brother is much much more follows the straight path. Yeah. What did he study? He studied、uh, bioengineering. Oh, and where is he, and what is he doing? He doesn't work in that industry now, but he is in Jersey、um, working for a title agency, which is basically when people purchase properties or such,、uh-huh. um, banks need liaisons to make sure the chain of、uh, title, who's the actual property owner of a location. That's very very different from what he studied. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I guess he he figured that it wasn't very interesting for him as well. But then again, with you, it's likewise. <laughs> yeah. Statistics and look what you're doing now. Anyway, we'll get to that in a bit. But、uh, so after college,、mm-hmm. after statistics, I mean, what did you do though? You I, were still in the states. Then. Yes, still in the states back then. I was doing、uh, web design and graphic design. I was working freelance for a bit. I worked with、um, a few small companies as well, and then for a time being, maybe about two, three years, I also、uh, worked for Food Network over there. From statistics to web design. Like you enjoyed design on the side or something like that. I mean, you were teaching、uh, yourself design on the side. That、or? that was almost exactly how it was. It was it was always a, a kind of a hobby to to earn some money on the side. I was part of a, an Asian fraternity, so I used to do a lot of、uh, flyers for for parties or do websites or. Not only doing it for them, I was starting to do it for maybe a few other groups, maybe other、uh, cultural groups or. Other organizations on campus, and then after a while, you know, it's it's kind of hobby became freelance, and freelance became work. That、um, is really interesting. Yeah. So you never like waited on tables no, as part time. No. I've I've never of... been in service industry. I I'd never done any of this before. Coming over. Hmm. So you must have been really good with numbers, math, when you were younger. It was. Yeah. It was, it was okay, but I think a lot of Chinese people are pretty good <laughs> with numbers, right? No, I think I was terrible. That's why my dad got us a private tutor when when I was in high school.、Mm-hmm. I was like near the bottom of the class, I think. And then my dad got a tutor, and it became like top in the class. And all my、mm-hmm. classmates would come to me and ask me math questions, you know. <laughs> But that's how it was with me. I don't know if this was normal for a lot of people, but taking Kumon classes. Kumon, I'm basically, sorry. Basically, it's almost like、um, uh, classes after school where you do worksheets and they're timed, and it's all like you know, it's all about math. My parents were maybe they were a little forceful, and then they even、um, they even made me take a、uh, abacus class. Oh,、well, I never learned that either. Maybe it was, it was more of my like my dad's prodding.、Yeah. He's always more of like a cultural arts type of Very guy. Very traditional, you'd say. Quite quite traditional. I yeah. Would say. His idea of fun when we were growing up was basically taking us to a art exhibit and you know museums. Okay. And so I mean it was it was interesting, but sometimes as a kid you get a little. Very cultured. A little frustrated. Yeah. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. Anyway, let's talk about how you got into Ounce. You want to give a little background about Ounce? It's actually a chain, right? We're actually not a chain.、Um, oh, it's not. I think not? a lot of people have the, that impression, but yeah, the thing is, like, we were all from New York. We had all been there and been living and working there for you know ten years at that point, and so we kind of want to take that kind of attitude, that kind of style, and bring it over to to Taiwan. And so、okay. that's why there was a lot of stuff that was New York influenced and kind of like throw New York as a brand. 
brand new. But the the whole thing started was um you know after a while when you're working you're going through the daily grind. But I you know on weekends you you know hang out with friends or you want to wind down. Right, right. Or even during the week in New York, right? Every day after work. <laughs> you know after a while we were a little bit tired of of the 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 monotony of let's say doing the usual thing. I'm not proud of this, but like going buying bottles at a bar or a club or just going out to drink in general and drinking for the sake of drinking to have fun in that sense. So after a while, I remember it was one of our other owner's uh, birthdays. He really likes um, steak, so we found a, a great steakhouse. But then but apparently they had like a huge, like I want to say like a, an inch thick book on their whiskey selection. So we're just like, oh, this is actually quite interesting. You know, why don't we give it a shot? We all tried a few here and there. And that kind of opened our eyes to like, you know, alcohol sometimes isn't just alcohol sometimes there's you know there's definitely an art there's definitely some history and some some interesting stuff behind it and so at that point a few of us were were taking maybe yearly trips back to taiwan either party to see family or or whatever and then at that point japanese whiskey was uh not as popular as it is now um i don't know if you're familiar but right now japanese whiskey i would say almost like the hottest uh whiskey to the point where they are really short stacked on supply but back then it was cheap you could find it everywhere and you can really taste there's you know a good amount of quality to it so in that sense that got us even more into the whole whiskey into alcohol from there on that led to beer <laughs> which is also a whole nother realm which well, also can go then on led, and on and on <laughs> yeah yeah and then that led to cocktails can we back up a little bit yeah, yeah. how did you even get into alcohol i mean we were just talking about web design or right. <laughs> about design, period. And so what happened there? Or you got to know some friends who are really into mixing drinks or alcohol or, or what happened? How did you get into this at all? Just to back up a little bit. In college, we would always just, just kind of party. And as a college student... So that's how it started. It was a group of friends. Essentially. And you loved drinking together. Yeah. And then, you know, after a while, instead of just drinking just to get drunk, you know, like you do in college... After a while, you, you discover there's maybe a little bit more depth to it. Back up even a little bit more. Your parents are into drinking too? Complete, I mean, how did you... Completely not. I, I feel like I'm the black sheep of the family. I'm the <laughs> only person in my... Almost in my entire family that drinks. I have one uncle on my father's side. You, you learned from him? Kind not of even. We didn't really ever drink as, as a family. Even at family gatherings, there's really not no much. No alcohol on the table? There was some alcohol, but there's really not much drinking. Oh. Like my dad would, you know, let me try beer here and there. You know, so I think that's how it started with you? A beer? I think so. A dad gives you a sip and all that? Yeah. Same here, my son and my, my husband was like, yeah. Yeah, just like you'd have a little sip and then I as know. a kid, you're like, this is bitter and disgusting i don't know your dad didn't this. even wait until you were of age to give you a sip right? of course not uh, yeah same here yeah. same with my son yeah i think i think everything in moderation is okay <laughs> right yeah. so anyway you think the very first thing you ever tasted alcohol wise was beer was right? definitely beer so with your college friends what were you guys getting into you feel comfortable talking about this <laughs> what was the most crazy thing you guys ever tried when you were still in college i'm not gonna say crazy but <laughs> but you know sometimes on weekends when you Go out to a party, you'll pull up, you'll get a table in, in a club, and you'll get, like, maybe most likely, very typical of, of Asians, you get a bottle of Johnny Walker Black, and that that's how it starts. Whoa, that's a big jump from beer to Johnny Walker, don't you think? Sort of? Uh, no? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, but uh, at that point, you know, kind of alcohol was alcohol, and you feel like, this is what I should be doing growing up. 
So、mm. now we're, we're going to jump back to Al. So you came to Taiwan five years ago with this group of friends. Is that it? It was actually、uh, maybe six and a half, seven years ago. They came over. They took a look just to get a lay of the land and to see what Taiwan was offering. And then kind of went back, you know, saw that there's something about、uh, cocktails in in New York that we really love that we feel that we couldn't find here in Taiwan. Really, you're、um, talking about mixed drinks, right? Mixed drinks, just I mean, off from the usuals, you know, like screwdriver. I mean, Long Island. I mean, that's all nothing. What you're talking about are like these other exotic. Cocktails that classic cocktails, you know, really had,、um, you know, the cocktails were were born in America, so it's because of the prohibition, where they were not legally allowed to sell. That's why a lot of people were making bootleg alcohol, and people started mixing it because poor alcohol tastes fairly bad.、Mm. So you mix it in order to make it more palatable, and so that's where cocktails kind of came out of.、Um, what we found here in Taiwan was like, you know, the, it has. Excellent stuff, but it's definitely more of a Japanese influence to、oh. to all of it. Cocktail culture, I feel that in in Asia, it mostly started with the Japanese and kind of spread out from there. You and your group of friends. I mean, you guys took like professional bartending classes. No, no at all. No, no. Not, not at all. We were just very self-taught. Not complete. We were, I would say, enthusiasts. So、okay. we would go out on weekends. We would go to different bars. We would pester the bartenders with questions, you know, what's in this? Why does this taste like this? You know, how do you mix this stuff? Obviously, we'd be kind of annoying in that sense. <laughs> But in the end, I mean, when we came over to open ounce, we actually、uh, worked with a bartender that we really loved in New York. His name was Lee Pear. He's an Irishman in New York. After going around tasting, you know, we struck up a pretty decent relationship, and then he's like, "All right." Screw it! I'll come to Taiwan with you guys, and let's try to open up a cocktail bar. Oh, really? Bar. So he's here? Well, no, that this was、huh. five years ago. So oh, oh, oh. after a stint, you know, he he left, went back to Ireland. Kind、the、of help is, you set up here.、Kind、yeah,、of. help help us set up, stick around for a while, build a base, you know,、uh, teach fundamentals, and then kind of get something ounce started off. And then we had always brought in, you know, foreign bartenders. Because if we were trying to open up a cocktail bar, it's a different style, it's a different、uh, approach towards things. Whereas Japanese, maybe a little bit more formal and and tight. Taiwanese style, I think, is actually quite nice. It's slowly developing itself too. A little bit of Japanese, a little bit of Western.、Mm. Let's hear more from Yi Song next week about Ounce Taipei, which brings the speakeasy culture of New York City to Taipei. For In the Spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin. 